We're back with Trista, Ryan, and Nick on BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network. Presented by BetMGM. 7-7, 2 2 to go. Just almost at the two-minute warning here. We got a first and ten with Patrick Mahomes lining up. Just look at look at him, Ryan. He's just... Yeah, empty backfield. Oh, he's, he's completed seven different balls to seven different receivers. That's what he does. But I need a couple more for MVS, unfortunately. I need Famous some, last words. I need some big, big yardage from him. I'm at 250. I just need him to pass for 250 yards. Nice. I should have known. It's not yeah. looking good at this moment for that. So, it, Rasheed Rice, it's starting to look like, I don't know, maybe this is going to be a target that Patrick Mahomes likes. Yeah, two receptions already, man, yeah. including the touchdown. Might be a guy to snag off the waiver wire in fantasy. Might be a guy to look at for some receiver props moving forward till the market adjusts. Because if, if Mahomes is comfortable with him now, that may carry over, even with the volatility of the way they use their yeah. receivers during the regular he, season. He made Tanner Mordecai look so good at SMU that the Badgers gave him a bunch of money to throw picks, so. Shows how good. More high, Tanner. More high. That's why they're going to run the ball with Braylon Allen and uh, Belusi a little bit more this weekend, <laughs> hopefully. All right, we're going to bring on Tom Casale, Action Network, getting to some college football with him now. Big, uh, big week two coming up. I got to keep track. It's like you got the week two, you got the week one in the NFL, and the week zero. It all just blurs together once football starts. All right, but I've, we've been asking everybody that is a co- that anything to do with college football. Are you in or are you out on Colorado and all this hype right now, especially heading into week two against Nebraska? Yeah, well, luckily I don't think I'm important enough for Dion to single me out. So uh, <laughs> I, they're, uh, they're interesting. You know, I, I was watching the game with my son and I was telling him, you know, we've never really seen this before. A coach comes in, tells everyone to pack their bags and leaves and brings in a new team and then goes out and wins. I, I will say this, his son, I don't know if I've ever been more impressed with a quarterback making his first start in a big college game. His accuracy was really something. Here's my problem with Colorado. I got two things. One, I don't know how deep they are yet. You know, I, I think that's going to catch up with them when they start playing some of the better teams. And I also didn't like the way TCU called plays. I thought they could have ran for about 350 if they felt like it. Nebraska's going to try to run for 350, and they won't throw a pass if they don't have to. I think this is going to be a very competitive game. Here's my problem with Colorado going forward, though, even if they win this game. Do they have enough to beat the best teams in the Pac-12? That I don't think they're there yet. So, you know, is this a team that could fight for a bowl? Yes. Are they a team that's going to fight for the Pac-12 championship? No. Yeah, I completely agree, man. I compl- and, and that's the thing. Like, And if you look at that game, Nebraska actually probably beats Minnesota. After Jeff Sims throws a second pick, I don't know why you allow him to go out there and throw number three when you're running for five yards per carry. What do you make of the Utah-Baylor game now with the line movement right there? And obviously Baylor's going to play a backup quarterback, which actually might end up being an upgrade. And then Utah, you know, we don't know about Cam Rising, most likely not going to go. But um, now Baylor, a seven-and-a-half-point dog in a game where we were looking at one-and-a-half last week on the look-ahead. What do you think about this one, if anything at all? Yeah, you you know when you're kind of waiting to bet a game and then something screws it up? That's what happened to me with Baylor and Texas State last week. Uh, Every offseason I have, like, my programs that are on the downside. I think Baylor's one of those programs. So I had this game circled. Uh, I, I was hoping maybe Utah might even be a slight underdog if Baylor won big in, in week one. But hey, they got taken out by the, the guy who did the exact same thing as Prime. Texas State got rid of all their players, brought in a whole bunch of new players, and went out and won uh, one week one. So this is kind of the new way college football is going. I, I think Utah's going to win. 
I, I don't like laying this kind of number, especially if their starting quarterback isn't there. I think there'll be better chances to go against Baylor, but I'm really concerned about the direction of the Baylor program, and we obviously saw that last week with that big upset. I'm curious your thoughts uh, about Wisconsin this season. Had a, f- a really shaky first half against Buffalo. They do get the win. They play Washington State on the road, six-point favorites there. Uh, the Palouse is no joke. Uh, obviously, new first-time first, first, first time head coach and Luke Fickle there. W- what are your thoughts on them? Yeah, I wouldn't lay the six on the road this week. Wisconsin is a team coming into the year, I said, I- I'm going to lay off early only because there's so much change. I, I mean... Listen, Ryan, you know, from you're from that part neck of the woods, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, they've been running the same offense since 1981. Yeah. I mean, it's been the same Wisconsin team every year. Yeah. So, yeah. listen, they want to they want to go in and change everything. That's that's great, but it's going to take a little bit of time for them to get used to all that. So I don't. I kind of lean Washington State here. I, I think it's going to be a real tight game, and six seems to be a little bit high for me this early in the year for Wisconsin. We got Texas as a seven-point dog to Alabama, and look, Texas is one of those programs that, well, you know, when they start to look like they're on the rise, everybody starts to fall into that trap. Florida State's another one, although Florida State looked incredible in that second half against LSU. Uh, are you on the Alabama side of things here? Or are you uh, uh, Texas? So this is an interesting game. Um, you know, I'm really interested. Uh, Alabama quarterback Jalen Milrow, is, he's in a position I don't think I've ever seen a player in before. His Heisman odds went from 60-1 to 1 down to 20-1. to 1. Now, if he plays well and Alabama wins, he's going to be one of the favorites. If he plays poorly and Alabama loses, he might never start another game and transfer at the end of the year. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen such a big range for one player for one game. Uh, but I... Listen, I think this Alabama team is is really good this year. I'm not sold on Quinn Ewers. Uh, people yeah. like him. I, I'm waiting for him to look good. Uh, like, when is he going to stop overthrowing wide-open receivers? Now, I know he played well against Bama in that game early last year. I think Saban makes the adjustments. I think the new-look Alabama offense, the power running game, Milrow running, I think they win this game by double digits, and Milrow is one of the Heisman favorites come Sunday. What do you make of Notre Dame? Because it's really hard to upgrade them, but I mean, going into the season, you know, even against Navy, I took the points with Navy, but Sam Hartman's look really good. Now they obviously step up in class a little bit, but I do not like this North Carolina State team, man. They didn't look good against UConn. Um, but the number, you know, like seven and a half, seven, where would you be at with this game? Because I think actually Notre Dame's undervalued even on the road. And I know Sam Hartman hasn't looked good against NC State through a bunch of picks, but that was in a mesh offense. Now he's playing behind a real offensive line. Yeah, I know it hasn't been great competition, but Notre Dame's looked really good. And the, the when they're not playing great competition, I want to see things like team speed, tackling. They, their fundamentals have been great in the first two games. They're flying all over the place, especially defense. You know, Marcus Freeman, I, guys, I give Marcus Freeman a year. and People get nervous as a guy's first year of coaching, but the players like them. He, he, I think he's a good coach. They're an interesting team this year. You know, I, I thought... In my opinion, and we saw, again, this is one of those things I kind of got burnt early on, I thought Clemson is another program that's going down. I don't think they have a ton of talent like they did years ago. Um, and I was waiting for Notre Dame to get them. you know. But they do get Ohio State 
quarterback issues we'll see early. I like them in that game. USC, can they bully them on the ground? It's a really tough schedule, but I like this Notre Dame team. It's a major, major upgrade at quarterback from last year, and my gut will say that I think they blow NC State out, uh, and yeah. then I think more people will be talking about the Irish after this week. No doubt. Tom, what's wrong with Ohio State? <laughs> Um, so this was the first time, you know, I, I break down too deep all the teams in college football. This is the first time that I can remember in a long time where I thought Michigan was the most talented team in the Big Ten across the board over Ohio State. It's been a long time. Now, listen, Ohio State's still very talented. But I get nervous when you're replacing a top quarterback and you're going into the year, you're telling us you don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Ohio State always knows who the quarterback's going to be. They're just running through them, right? So that gave me a little pause, and we kind of saw it last week. You know, I don't know. I They're a little soft. You know, they've been a little soft under Ryan Day, and the offense has always kind of bailed them out. If they don't have the offense to bail them out, I, I think they're going to struggle with Notre Dame. We'll see. That game's coming up in a but I don't like Ohio State as much this year as in previous seasons. Talking to Tom Casale, Ben MGM tonight, and be honest, I was completely distracted by this beautiful drive the Chiefs have just had here. MVS just caught a 34-yard pass and just took a shot. Hit his uh, receiving yards. 13-7 now before the extra point with 34 seconds to go, make it 14-7. So now the Chiefs up by a touchdown with just a little over 34 seconds to go in the first half here. Uh, North Carolina's pass rush last week against South Carolina was phenomenal. I, I mean, they, they made they made life hell for South Carolina. It's now ballooned all the way up to 19.5. They're minus 19.5 against Appalachian State. I mean, do you still like UNC even with that number? At what point would you go the other way? So the thing I saw with North Carolina in week one was a different team on the defensive side of the ball. I saw guys going to the football. I saw guys tackling. I saw a team that was more physical. They might have been the worst. Well, USC or North Carolina is the worst tackling team in college football last year. I guess we get a tie for first. But they were just looked different on the defensive side of the ball. And listen, if that defense can be just average with Drake May, they're going to be a tough out in the ACC. The I like them a little bit here. I, I would lean more, though, towards a North Carolina team total over. I don't think Appalachian State's going to be able to stop them. Tom, a lot of marquee big games. You know, we talked Texas-Alabama. I think we got to obviously hit UTEP-Northwestern. No, I'm just kidding. I do love North. I, I like UTEP in that game, but I'm doing it again with Dana Dimmel. Uh, what's your favorite game this week? What have you bet so far? So I got this at plus five, but uh, there, there's word in the it, word in the streets that Rourke is going to be back for Ohio at quarterback. Yeah. So they're a completely different team. I bet them to win the MAC. I think they beat San Diego State in week one if he doesn't get hurt. He's a pro quarterback. If if he plays, I like them as a dog against FAU. And you know, I just I was not impressed with Minnesota at all. Not one bit. They got the Nebraska meltdown in the final two minutes of that game. Eastern Michigan coming in with eight starters returning on defense. They were up big in week one and then put the you know took the pedal off the metal against Howard. I think that game could be closer than some people think. I'm glad that you brought up San Diego State really quick to follow up because I'm, I'm high on UCLA this year. At least I was coming into the season, but I don't want to see any more Garbers. I want to see Dante Moore. And for whatever reason, I'm a little nervous that Chip Kelly is going to do it to us again. What would you make that number, do you think, this week? Because it's getting a little out of control, but I still like UCLA a lot. 
Yeah, I, I think I think it's a little high to be honest with you, because the one thing San Diego State does is that they're 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 fast and physical on defense, and. UCLA not quite knowing who their quarterback is yet. I think San Diego State gets them at a good time. I could see that. I, you know what I'd like in this game is under. That, that I think San Diego State's defense keeps them in. I don't think UCLA's offense is what it's going to be four, five, six weeks from now. So I like a lower scoring game here. I'm curious. Uh, I'm an Oregon Duck alum, Tom, and there's a lot of hype around Bo Nix. There's a lot of hype around Oregon, and there has been, you know, year after year, and they always disappoint. Um, they do score a, a team high uh, ever. Uh, last week they probably could have put up a hundred points, but now they end up going to Texas Tech. They're six and a half point favorites. Is that too much to you? Is that a strange line? Like, is this a letdown spot? Where Where are you at with Oregon? It's a tough spot. You know, I was on Wyoming last week. I took the points, unfortunately, and didn't take the money line, only because that's an awful opener for a team to have to go to Laramie, where, you know, the airport's about 100 miles from any town. And it's just, it's a terrible opener for, for a team like Texas Tech. And so I liked Wyoming there. But now, you know, remember, Texas Tech had a good year last year, but they only won one game on the road. And it was a defensive struggle against Iowa State, who can never get a first down. So they don't play well on the road. They they play much better at home. I think this is a tough spot for Oregon. You know, I think they, they they probably win the game, but I wouldn't be laying near a touchdown on the road with Texas Tech coming off that opening loss and returning home. This is a tricky spot. And we definitely had some monster team totals last week for some of these programs. Tom Casale, really appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on with us. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me. The Chiefs just went 92 yards on that last drive. Yeah, Mahomes, Mahomes was 5 that's of 6. That's why you can't fade Mahomes' passing yards. He's already at 150 passing yards. I, mean, I just need 250 for the game. MVS over 41.5 receiving yards. There you goes go. home in the first half. Like I said, it's one or two receptions. He runs like two routes. Yeah. Route he, tree's not very big. But Sam Laporta's almost going to hit his prop, too. 34-yard reception on one play right there. He looks good. Now I'm just nervous for my closing line value ticket on the Lions <laughs> and my David Montgomery anytime touchdown. Because I know. Uh, Spag still defensive genius, and he's really good at second-half adjustments as well. I still think I'm going to bet the second-half total over, though. This You're starting to see a rhythm, at least from the Chiefs offensively, which that may be the difference. Yeah. And maybe it's just the Chiefs total second half, if you yeah. want to just go that route, too. But, yeah, like, you're starting to see, okay, they've, they've picked it up a little bit. It was it's a little shaky in the first quarter, but now they just look at the Chiefs again. Yeah, they do. And that's what they do. They, they're rusty to begin with. You get scared. Maybe this isn't the same Chiefs, and then they slap you in the face. Two touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes in the first half, plus 27 yards rushing on four carries. So, uh, yeah. That's ridiculous. All right, so Detroit's got third and one here, Come but they're on, out of timeouts. Come on, more Sam And we throw to the middle of the field, unfortunately. Get on the ball. Let's get a field goal here, boys. I'd love that, wouldn't I? Get on the ball, Goff. Small hands. Small hands. Small hands, slow feet, Goff. Beautiful, uh, beautiful fiance though. Maybe they're even married. I don't know. I don't really pay attention during the offseason. All right, fourteen seven seven point game. We got seven seconds to go. Do they allow Jared Goff to throw the hail mary pass? No. Or do you bring in the water no. boy or anybody that could push the ball forty yards down the field? Bring in the to water boy. To be continued. Boy. Bring in the emergency, tonight. The emergency That's why we're here, quarterback. Baby. That's what you want. Fourteen and nineteen for Goff. Buck thirty five and a touchdown. Not too shabby. I mean, yeah, he looks good. That red zone turnover though, man. I mean, this should be a fourteen all game. At least fourteen ten. Nine seconds to go, 14-7, second and 10 for the Lions. It's Ben MGM tonight.